0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're coming off that heartbreaking loss on Monday in overtime, playing against a team that was 1-5 and five in their last six games that was not good on the road. They trailed by double figures almost the entire game and never led. And that just shouldn't happen. Yep, right away the Wizards had the three ball going. KP doing a good job. And the Knicks played good in spurts. But the Wizards would not relinquish the lead. So they will prevail tonight. Well, the good news is they go on the road for the next two games where they have been juggernauts.
1: All righty. We, uh... Guess we have to talk about that game. That was so mm-hmm. fun. Uh, welcome, Benji Ridhalt at the top here. He's gonna join us for a few minutes. Hello, Benji. Hey, John.
2: Good times. How you doing? <laughs> Great times. I'm okay. I'm
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Knicks lose this one to the Washington Wizards, 116-105. Uh, this was, of course, Bradley Beal's uh return to the lineup. He had played 13 minutes of basketball uh over the last like three, three and a half weeks. Um, He played well, um, but that was not the reason why the Knicks lost this game. The Knicks lost this game um, because they just did not really show up completely tonight. Final score, final margin, I should say, was 11 points. Uh, I don't think uh, that was necessarily indicative of how this game played out. The Knicks never after, I think it took them, it felt like it was about three minutes. Maybe I don't even think it took three minutes for them to go down by close to double digit points. And then they never got closer than seven points. The rest of the way Um, had a few opportunities to, to really make a, make a dent in the wizard's lead. They never took advantage of that. I think there are several narratives that could come out of this game. We could go with the, with the home, Narrative that the Knicks don't play well at home. They're now two games under 500 at home. I saw Timmy Bontemps just tweet about that a minute ago. They're one of like six teams that have a, a losing home record, and the only one that has a winning record otherwise. So that's not great. Um, if you want to talk about how uh, the Knicks are not have not dealt well with the prosperity of this season, because now it's two losses in a row, and you go into Atlanta, and then you go into Toronto, and oh, all of a sudden you're sliding down, and you're getting closer to 500. That's a narrative um, for me. The narrative that I am choosing to go with tonight is that they play like a tired team. And um, I will lean on something that the great Benji Ridhold said uh, about an hour or so ago, which is that when you play two games or three games in four nights, um, and even if you have a day off before the, the third game, uh, Benji, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the game that you really feel it uh, the most is what you said. And that is certainly how it appeared to me because The starters, who are the guys who've been playing all these minutes, there was just no zip. There was no zip on defense. There was no oomph on offense outside of Jalen Brunson because he's Jalen Brunson and that's just like what he does. Um, Yeah, I think they're a tired team. And I think if there was ever a game that if you're a member of the front office and you watched and you were like, man. We, we may need we may need to make a move sooner rather than later. And we haven't even mentioned Mitchell Robinson who left this game with a thumb injury that we don't know what the severity of that is. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Jericho Sims, but I'm going to turn it over to you, Benji. What are your, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, uh, I thought I agree. I just thought it was, it looked like a tire team from the jump. Like there would, there just wasn't any jump with that first unit tonight. And we haven't seen them get off to that kind of start in a very long time. And I yeah. don't think that's a coincidence. Um, it's a hard thing to evaluate fatigue because like you can see signs of it, but in the end of the day, like you're watching the game, it's hard to like know whether it's fatigue or just bad execution. Sometimes I thought there were enough signs tonight, watching that game, how slowly we're to the ball on yep. the rebounds. Um, yep. Just a general lack of energy that I don't feel like we've seen, especially from that first unit in a long time. Uh And so I I do, you know, Randall had a really terrible game. Um, but I, I almost have trouble uh, getting too critical of him tonight because, man, the minutes—he's—it's not just three nights and—it's not just three games and four nights. It's—it's it's a back-to-back that was grueling, as grueling as you can have, including an overtime game and all your guys playing forty-plus minutes on both nights, um, or both days, I guess. Both, yeah, uh, I was so about to say both days. I think it—I it, it, don't think you can look past that. I think that is the kind of the, the first point to be made is that before getting too critical of the individual performances. And you should be critical of certain things, but um, it did look like a very tired basketball team to me. And I thought early in that third quarter, maybe there was an opportunity to go to the bench a little bit earlier um, and try to get something out of that game. Cause you just kind of saw where it was going. Uh, and I thought the bench gave a little push there at the beginning of the fourth, got it to whatever, seven or eight, seven. Yeah. Um, but maybe it was a little too little uh, too late.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think that leads to the only other thing that I want to get your opinion on before I let you go uh, is the bench, <laughs> not counting quickly. Qu- Emmanuel quickly is, is in his... He's, he, this team has six starters, and then they have everybody else. Um, Jericho Sims, we should take a moment. Well, I'll I'll, I'll praise the people that deserve praise. I want to make sure you're here for the praise on Jericho Sims. I thought he had a like. I I don't know if he was my favorite thing about this game, but he was
2: pretty damn close. Um, so, uh, other than him, I think he was my favorite thing of the game. <laughs> he might have been, my, yeah, he might have been the best thing about this game. He, he was the one, like, guy who brought consistent energy, uh, offensive rebounding, keeping plays alive at the end of the half, um, especially. Um, gives you a little versatility defensively. He guarded on the perimeter well a couple of times. Didn't get support on the boards as much as I would have liked from his power forwards. Um, but yeah, gave great energy, caught a lob, all offen- on the, all over the offensive boards all night. Um, I think. You know the 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 play Jericho movement was more due to to Hartenstein's failures than it was to Jericho. We hadn't, we hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, yeah. To see him come in now and make that kind of impact right away, it's only going to increase the, the only going to increase the calls for that flip to happen. And Hartenstein didn't and- do himself any favors tonight either.
1: No, and didn't get on the. I, I'm cur- I forget when he left the court, but I know he was the first guy out of the game in the second half. It felt like it was at about this halfway through the third quarter, give or take, you know, a minute. Um and then yeah, Hartenstein didn't get back on the court. It was Sims, and then they went small to try to make the comeback. For me, and this is what I was going to get to that I wanted to ask you about before I let you go, is like, you know, the Knicks are in this interesting place where they're the sixth seed right now, but as you said towards the end of that game, I think what we're going to start to look at and we're going to start to see very soon as the next schedule gets tougher, they have the second tougher schedule in the Eastern conference from now until the end of the season. Um, you're going to see a, a morass as you, as you called it, you know, them, the heat, the Hawks. I'm not counting out yet. The, I'm not counting out the Raptors. Hell, the wizards are in like 12th. I'm not counting them out. Um, they, all of these teams are like, you know, when Halliburton gets back, like the Pacers will probably still make a push. Um, so all of these teams are going to be bunched up. And like, so yeah, the Knicks are succeed right now, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know that they necessarily operate like, you know, a team that is in the succeed. They still need to give consideration to things like, hey, you know, is there a world where we could trade for a center? I'm I'm not saying they should do this, but I'm gonna just make my point. Is there a world, you know, is there a world where they could trade for a backup center and it makes their team better than it would if they played Jericho Sims like minutes from now to the end of the year? Yeah, that world probably exists. But based on what Sims has given you and based on where they are at as a franchise and where they're at as a team, I would argue, no, you know what? Let's let's get Sims those minutes if there's an opportunity to get him those minutes. Where I'm more curious about is the other end, where it's like now the Deuce thing, I don't want to say it's run its course, but like it's getting hard at at times to to deal with his lack of an offensive game. And as you pointed out several times tonight, like defensively, even it's not where it would need to be to make up for the offense. And then there's this, the, the elephant in the room, I feel like that's growing bigger by the day, which is like, what, what's going on with Obi Toppin? This is his, what was his fifth game back, back, back from injury, sixth game back, whatever it is. I don't know what you do on that end. And that's the part where I'm like, and I'm sure it's going to come up tonight. Cause a loss like this, people are going to want to talk trades. How much do you, do you, do you value as a franchise from now to the end of this year? Like, no, we're 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 making sure we get Deuce's minutes. We're making sure we get Obi's minutes, or is there a pivot there, whether taking someone out of the rotation or trading someone away, that would involve an upgrade that maybe does not solidify your push for the six e but like strengthen it.
2: You know that that's what I wanted to ask you before you went. Yeah, it, it's a great question. Obi is um, look the the way. We've always said this, the way that they utilize him, the minutes that he gets, you're not, you're certainly not putting in any kind of position to succeed. I don't want to, the the player's never blameless. He hasn't done enough to make an impact tonight. He literally stood in the corner for, I think the entire game that he was in. He barely moved from that spot, that left corner, including on a play where the ball was swung to Deuce McBride. I thought with like eight seconds left on the shot clock, I'm like, Obi, go screen for him. Instead, Deuce tries to isolate I mean, Deuce is forced to isolate and yeah. it's a turnover. It's like if there's ever a time for a second side pick and roll, Deuce gets the sw- swung the ball like go set a screen. Like he's just not, he's he's it's partially his fault. I think it's it's a result of the situation he's been placed in. And it's not gonna work here. As long as Julius Randle's here with this coach, it's not gonna work for Obi Toppin. I I, I am confident in saying that. Um and I think it's better for his career, probably better for the Knicks to get a wing in that spot instead of kind of a standard four that can be a little bit more flexible. Like it's probably time to move him. If, if unless you're going to move one of the other two guys, whether it's the coach or the power forward, the starting power forward, <laughs> that, the, that, that, that trio, the combination of having Julius and a fairly inflexible coach with a backup four who needs to get minutes. It's not, it's just not really, it's not doable. So like on that, from that standpoint, it's probably time to move on. I don't know what you do, and maybe the Duarte for Obi kind of swap, and where that makes almost too much sense for both well, teams. Yeah, but and I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't want to
2: say that because I really like Obi. I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him do more because I know there's more in there. But I'm just talking about where the situation is with those three people in the same locker room. It's just not going to work.
1: At the same time, with the NBA, as we've seen, I mean, if you want to throw Cam Reddish as an example of this, you can. There's certainly been others, many on that have wore this uniform over the last 10, 15 years. The valuation drop off in the NBA is can be a slippery slope, and one day you could be a guy who's uh, in Zach Lowe's preseason top five things or top five players I'm most intrigued by this season, and the next day you could be like, well, "Wait a minute, is this what, what is this player's value exactly?" And it's at a point right now, like before this trade deadline where there's, I don't know what it's going to, what it is, but there's going to be a team out there who's going to be like, no, we'll, we'll make a bet on that guy. We'll, we'll, we'll see if he could work in our system, referring to Obi Toppin. Um, I think the further you get down the line, as you just eloquently said, if the situation does not change, that may change. Do they pull the plug? That's going to be something to watch. Um yeah, I don't
2: know. You no, know, uh, what yeah. what thought that I had, and 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 then I'll let you get to the super. Chats, no, please, yeah. Is, is um, it's almost they. You know what they need? They need a wing who can guard wings, but who can also handle the ball and give them a little bit more juice on that second unit. And you know who that player really is? It's not Reggie Bullock because he doesn't give you the playmaking aspect. It's a different former Nick <laughs> who's on oh. the trade block and can't be traded here it can't be traded here, but that's the guy. And they gave him, they gave him up That's a clear caps whatever the reason was they gave him up. But like, do you, you, you want to know one of the main reasons the Knicks' second unit succeeded the last two years? Oh, absolutely. And, and absolutely and can give you that versatility as a wing who can guard wings pretty well, knows the system and can play, make and make threes, which God knows they cannot make a freaking three. It's Alec Burks. Yeah. That's the guy. And everybody, perfect guy.
1: Everybody could not wait to run Alec Burks out of town.
2: Um, and that well, was, he was right because he was the point guard. Everyone yes, getting, and that was and that was Tib's fault, and that was Tim's fault, and that was, but he, fault, he, and that you was know fair. He's been? he's been an elite backup wing for many, many years now. That's just yeah. what he does well, and it's a and shame if, that that he's not. He's the guy they need, and he can't, he can't, he can't come back. So, and, what and guess is. what?
1: He's going to get traded to. I would bet he's going to get traded to a playoff team, and that guy is going to make an an impact on a playoff team. I mean, look at the end of the day. They lose this game by 11 points. Again, I know it wasn't that close. It was a game they had Mitchell Robinson for nine minutes, and it was a game, as you just said, they hit five threes. Is it the game that I'm going to... I'm not going to lose sleep over this game. I have a feeling there may be some angry uh, comments, but that's fine. It Come, comes the territory. I, and I'm not going to blame anybody for being upset. Again, it was a somewhat dispiriting effort at times. But like for as well as they played and for as good as their overall numbers are, and we, we cite them every night on here, um, this team does still have some very significant questions. Not the most significant questions to answer, but they have some significant stuff. There's some significant balls in the air that are going to be answered between now and the deadline. And um, yeah, any anything else before I let you go?
2: Yeah, no, I, you know, I think uh, it, it, I agree with you. It's not a really game. They, they have to make more shots, um, and that's... Good. <laughs> That RJ Is that imp- hold on? Let uh, me get your uh, basketball expertise. That's, listen, that's imp- why I'm here. That's why. That's why KFS h- hired me, Just so I could say they need to make more shots. But like R.J. and Randall made zero threes in this game. That's going to be a tough formula. Um, I thought quickly and Grimes had open looks that they missed. I thought um, like. You got RJ is going to have to shoot the ball better. Like that is what it is. They're they're it's really difficult to overcome the three point disparity that they're going to. And you're right, they do concede threes as part of their offense, so they're going to give up a bunch of threes. Teams are going to make some of them, and if you can't make a requisite amount to just keep pace, so that the other stuff that you do can make up for it, the offensive rebounding, the 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 getting to the rim at an elite level, the making the floaters, the, like all that stuff they do very well. Yeah, but like if it's if it's eighteen to five I, and three points made, you can't overcome that.
1: I was about to say I I don't want to last thing, and then I promise I'm gonna let you go. I don't want to poo-poo and brush aside the the stuff they do well because like I I sometimes it feels like you're searching for silver linings. For me, after a game like this, I do think that is a legitimate silver lining that you could look to this team night after night, and they do do things very well. Yeah, and there are things that are built into the foundation and core of their team that are that are real and that are good and they're positive, but you're right. It's just, you know, this is the reality.
2: I'm with you. Yeah. It's uh, I think they will make some more shots. I think, you know, hopefully RJ goes on one of his runs where he starts making some threes. Randall's got to bounce back and look, I hope the minutes, Look, maybe it's a trade that that's needed, but I, I hope the minutes come down. And I, I do think that in the end, this was a game largely about a tired basketball team so we we need to lower minutes on guys and lower the stress and then get into all-star break and hopefully refuel
1: We'll i'll do it at some point tonight later but like uh i'm I'm at the point where i'm like looking ahead to the all-star break and i'm like can we get into the all-star break with x record and i don't want to already be like can we get it above 500 but i have a feeling i may not be far off from that yeah uh okay benji you're
2: you're You're a Mitch, as they say. Uh, All right. Good luck tonight, John. Enjoy it. Talk (laughs) to everybody later. Later, my bad.
1: All right. Um, We will, before we get to... We have a couple things to bang out. um, uh, Before we get to the Super Chats, real quick, the moment of the game. That I I hope I just didn't throw you off by saying we're going to go to the moment of the game. No, I'm here. What's up? Okay, so we have uh, three contenders. We're going to do something... Uh, from the first half, it was one of those like not a huge impact play in the game, but it was that good of a play that you had to you have to include it. For as bad as Julius w- was tonight, he definitely had the pass of the game, where he flipped it somehow on a drive into the corner for I don't know who made the three, but it was Brunson. Before. Brunson made the three, incredible pass, and it was a in the moment. I think it cut it to seven, so it was a big moment in the game. And then uh, second contender, the uh, Deuce McBride to Jericho Sims uh, alley oop.
3: Um, that got the Knicks 83 points and made then it. made it and again cut it down to seven. So, this is seven back when we thought maybe there was a chance. I'm sorry, I have
1: to laugh. Tibbs, I guess, this is probably how he started his presser. Overall, we didn't play
2: well, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. No, no kidding, yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, I love Tibbs, uh, much to the chagrin of everybody. We we are aware, <laughs> yes,
1: uh, much to everybody's chagrin. Uh-huh. I love uh, first step is admitting you have a problem. Anyway, uh last play, pick a pick a quickly bucket there in the in the fourth quarter. He made a few. Uh I don't know. You want maybe there was a step back three, I think, that got it to within where it get it to within eight, maybe? Something like um, that. Um yeah.
3: So whichever that step back quickly three was. Um It's funny. It I was, thought you were gonna go with one of Randall's and ones at the end of the game. Yeah, we That's gave Randall right, Zingus.
1: I'm not giving Randall to play the game contenders on a game like this. Um, I do feel bad at least the play of the game contender that we're giving him included a uh, Brunson make, which we should say Brunson was awesome in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Not perfect by any stretch, but not one of his, I wouldn't even say it was one of his best games. But again, how lucky is it that we get to sit here and be like, yeah, this wasn't one of Jalen Brunson's best games. And you look up and he had whatever the fuck he had Um, a lot of points. And uh, some of them were on some very impressive makes. Uh, finished, with, finished yeah.
3: with 32, by the way, Jalen Brunson. So he so didn't score in the fourth quarter. Yeah.
1: yeah. Didn't come in until late, and I think he only had a couple of attempts there on the fourth, but did, did not... Uh did not score. All right, let's transition to our Weiss and Rosenboom personal injury report before we get to the Super Chats. Um, so we actually have something to talk about. Don't forget, if you have an uh, injury that you would like to inquire more about, call Weiss and Rosenboom today at 212-366-6100. No case is too big or too small. Um, you have to remember, if you have a situation and you and you want to get more information, go with the experts. Do not go with a rookie. Not that, Don't go with Trevor Kills. Go with uh, who's our who's our best? Go Taj Gibson. I was yeah. gonna say go with Taj. Don't, don't go with, Taj. with don't go with a rookie. There you go. Uh, visit uh dot for more information. Again, two one two-three six six sixty one hundred. 6100 prior results do not guarantee future outcomes. Um so Grimes, we should note, just very quickly got poked in the eye, came back, started the second half. Hopefully that's nothing, although We've seen games earlier this season where a player suffers an in-game injury, comes back, finishes the game, and then they're listed on the injury report the next night or the next next day, or whatever the next uh, time they play. Um, Mitch, yeah, Mitch. Who? Um, so it's a it's a sprained thumb. Uh, Bondi had a very cryptic tweet. Not that Bondi actually knows what happened already, but like Bondi's been covering the sport for a long time, and uh, I think astutely said like. Sometimes these are whatever it is. A, was a UCL tear?
3: Yeah, he he speculated. I can pull up the tweet.
1: Yeah, I think so, something that would have Mitch be out for a month now. Mitchell Robinson. We've talked about this a lot. How how not only his importance specifically in terms of how the Knicks play, uh, but just they're a team that really is not well equipped to lose any. Oh, it's top six guys, because again, that top six is so important. If he's down for any substantial period of time, that's a big deal. And it's a big enough deal. It's a, it's a particularly big deal because you can, you can, even without Mitch, I think this team is, is good enough and sturdy enough. And you know, you get enough from Sims and maybe you go small ball and whatever to, to maybe get some wins against some teams. Their upcoming schedule at Atlanta, at Toronto, Cleveland, at Boston, at Brooklyn will probably have Kyrie back at the very least. Maybe KD, who knows? And then a four-game homestand, Lakers, Miami, Clippers, Philly. And that gets you to five games before the All-Star break. And even in there, there, there's not a whole lot of picnics. Like, that's a bear. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to answer the question that I posed to myself a little while ago in terms of... Can they get to the All Star break with X? Yeah, if they can get to the All Star break, I'm saying it right now. I'll say it. If they get to the All Star break above 500, good job by this team <laughs> with that upcoming schedule. Um, and that's knowing nothing about Mitchell Robinson. If they lose Mitch, it's going to be that's going to be tough.
3: So that's 14 games. So if they go five and nine, that's 29. Five and nine. That's that would give them thirty wins. Thirty and thirty wins right now. Yeah, it gets them at thirty and thirty at the All Star break.
1: Thirty and thirty at the All Star break. Um, would I sign for that right now? I don't know that I'd sign for that right now. I would sign for thirty-one and twenty-nine. I'd sign for the, thirty and thirty.
3: Does thirty and thirty. You said is what five and? It's five and nine. I'm looking at five the schedule, and nine? especially so if if Mitch is going to miss time. Well, we don't know that yet. I'm also. They they need to, I mean my my take during playback, the, lukewarm as it is, is that Reggie Bullock will be a Nick on Friday in Atlanta. Uh, they need to upgrade this back half okay. of the roster Did, significantly. So it's funny. Last thing, and then
1: I'm sure we have super mm-hmm. chats to get to. Last thing I'll say is, I, I said I was talking to uh, I was talking to somebody earlier about uh, Reggie Bullock actually, and. Um, Uh, Mark Cuban, apparently, uh, it is, uh, maybe a little bit of an open secret in Dallas. Mark Cuban not being so forthcoming with the checkbook, um, Mm. these days. And the thing with Reggie Bullock is he's due is 10 He's on the books for 10 next year, but it's uh, only five is guaranteed still. I don't think any NBA team wants to write a checkbook for a player, $5 million to, to go away. So it's not, I I don't think they want to like keep him on the books and waive him to try to get under the tax. They're going to have tax issues next year. Um, if they re-sign Christian Wood, which they, if they don't re-sign Christian Wood the year, the summer or the year after losing Jalen Brunson for nothing, they gonna have bigger questions on their hands than tax issues. Anyway. Um, there's a reason why they may be looking to get to offload Reggie Bullock. Um, And I I thought uh, Mark Stein's report from earlier today that the Knicks are looking to get Reggie back for Cam because the Knicks don't have tax issues. And as Jeremy has talked about many times, are looking to get in the cap space game, not in 2023, but in 2024, which is when Bullock comes off the book. So that trade makes sense for a number of reasons. I think it's going to come down to which team asks for or which team relents on like, okay, we'll do it without a second round pick. Long story short, I, I'm I'm starting to wonder. Like someone's going to have to be the first domino in the league to make the first trade. The Knicks have been the first domino the last two years. Are they going to be the first domino again? Especially with oh my god, are we going to like look at the schedule ahead? Are we going to backslide?
3: They need to make a move. How ironic it would be. There would be a Cam Reddish trade that jump started trade season again. You know, you but, I guess we'll, but I guess we'll see. Yep.
1: All right. You ready, you ready to do this? Let's do this. Okay. Starting us off. Can't wait to see who's going to be. <laughs> can't wait to see what the tenor of tonight's going to be. Uh, Red Saracek. What's going on, Red? Uh, do the subs have to be at scripted times? Jalen Brunderkind. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit already, right? Um, I think the issue with the subs on this team is that they are not giving you you being Tom Thibodeau what you need. So you know, we talked about on the playback a lot tonight about like different staggering options. Do you make it such that, you know, one of Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle is always on the floor. Um, you know, I don't know what you do. Like there's any, any way you want to say it or any way you want to go with the subs, there's going to be drawbacks. Like we could sit here after a game like this and be like, Oh, they should have done this sub in this person. like, Benji said it. The only time where it seemed to be glaring was when the starters in the third quarter, like clearly didn't have it, and you wanted to get the subs in earlier, and then the subs came in, and Deuce did nothing, and Obi Toppin did nothing. So, like, I don't know. And, and, and you, again, we could blame that on all kinds of things, but the fact of the matter is, this is where this team is at right now. They have six guys that they could trust, and if you want to, if you want to throw Jericho Sims in there as the seventh, we could do that too. <laughs> Thanks, Red. Frank Miranda, what's going on, Frank? Great to hear from you. Hey, Mac, it's your boy Frank from Patreon. <laughs> Can't wait to see you on the town hall next week. Is it mirrored Does RJ only concern himself with scoring and doesn't hit momentum-turning baskets? Ooh, man. I thought I was hard on the guy. It's past time we start giving him the same energy we gave Randall last year. Um, spoiler alert for any newsletter subscribers out there. Shout out to the Knicks Film School newsletter. Please subscribe on Substack if you would like to receive it. Um RJ's not getting one of my stars of the game. I, I think he had the second most points of the Knicks. I, I don't I don't think he's deserving uh at all. I thought uh in some order, Jalen Brunson, Jericho Sims, and Emmanuel Quickly were the best players for the Knicks tonight. And I honestly I think probably Quentin Grimes. Maybe not Grimes because Grimes got had a couple moments on defense where he uh got blown by on closeouts. Um and Missed some open. I know he shot it okay tonight, but he also missed some some open threes. Um, there were like RJ had some nice buckets tonight, and those are important. And they're important because this offense is built on again, it's read and react, and that starts at the top. And most of the time, when you're Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle, your read is going to be take the shot if you're single covered with RJ Barrett. Like, there's some of that too. Like he's going to take a lot of shots in this offense and he hit some really nice shots tonight and they were impressive looking and the whole thing. And that's great. I, I, I got to see a more complete game. I got to see a more complete game on both ends. I don't know if I'm with you on the, like doesn't hit momentum turning baskets. Like you can't control that. But again, there's just like, it's the little things it's committing to defense. It's committing to closeouts. It's committing to positioning. It's committing to that. You know, it's that, to use an overused term that that dog find that dog in you because again, we're in a little stretch here now where there's just no dog in RJ Barrett on defense, none whatsoever. It does not exist at the moment. And he's playing a ton of minutes. You want to give him a pass because he's playing a ton of minutes. That's, that's your, that's up to you. Um, I would argue that there's, there's some blame here to go around and RJ needs to own some of this. So that's my, that's my take, Frank. I appreciate that. <laughs> Mythic Monty, what's going on, Mythic Monty? Tibbs letting Julius get away with dumb shit. Kills the team in the long run. Um, they need a bench upgrade. Not enough offense playmaking in the stretch. Yes to the bench upgrade. Yes to the offense playmaking in the stretch. As far as the dumb shit, I'm going to push back a little bit on that because like, I feel like we saw a season's worth of the dumbest shit in the history of dumb shit from Julius Randle last year. I'm, again... <laughs> would have to go back and rewatch to really look at it and key in on him for the entire game. I didn't feel like what we saw tonight was like that manner of dumb shit. I felt like what we saw was a guy who, again, was tired. Didn't have a shot. Now, am I going to, in one breath, kill RJ Barrett for not doing little things. And in the next breath, give Julius Randall a pass. Yes. And no. Yes. Because Julius Randall has played, at an all-star level offensively for this entire season. And over the last half of the season has cleaned up his defense to the point where it's good enough um, to consider him, you know, in in legitimately in the all-star conversation, although this recent slide might, might take him out of it, unfortunately for him. Um, That's number one. And two, like we know the things that Randall is not great at defensively. Like he's, he's, He just, he's not the smartest of players when it comes to reading. Like we talked about it tonight on the playback, you know, on the fast break, he doesn't make great decisions on the fast break. Um, When it comes to like, you know, switches and like coverages and things like that, he's not always, he doesn't always have the correct instinct. I don't want to say he's not a smart player. I'm sure Julius Randle is very intelligent. His actions on the court evince a player who does not always think the game or have the highest processing speed. Make sure I correct myself. Um, Like, RJ was billed as something different. And we've seen him, I think, be something different at times. Uh, So, I know it's in there. Um, And Julius, again, like, the dude just had his sixth consecutive game with 15 or more rebounds. Like, say what you want about the stuff that he's not doing and, like, the things he didn't do tonight. It's all fair. But, that dude's been he has really been a beast on the boards for the most part. And even he, though, I have to say, he did, he missed a missed a tough, a tough rebound tonight that it was down the stretch, and I don't know, know that it would have made a difference, but like ball was right there. He didn't grab it. That's again why I'm like, he's tired. He's tired. But then again, maybe R- RJ's tired too. All right, enough about that. Uh Hamdy M, what's going on, Hamdy? At the game, uh, hate when they do the t shirt toss when we are losing. Amen to that. Yes, yes, yes. That's the energy I need right now. Thank you. My daughters are having a good time though. Father's daughters night out. Ugh, Obi. Yeah. Um. Shout out to dads and daughters. Hashtag girl dad. Um. I love it. Yeah. Frank with another one. Um. Hey Mac, it's your boy Frank from Patreon. Thank you for the generosity, Frank. Seriously, you you go over and above, and we appreciate it um, more than you know. It's time to make that call to Toronto and see what it would take to get either OG Ananobi or Gary Trent Jr. This team near needs a serious shot in the arm, and Brunson and Randall look exhausted. Don't think you're getting the OG trade um this uh this before the offseason. I mean, that would be that would be something else. Like I'll talk it out because I'll talk it out. I think here's where you get the OG trade. And I'm not saying to be very clear that I advocate for this. Um, And I'm not not saying like Toronto would do this. I'm not saying the Knicks would do this. But like, as I'm thinking it through, there's one scenario where I could at least say like, okay, maybe I could see it. If Toronto is scouring the market for OG and has scoured the market for OG. And they are skeptical about whether they can get the DeJounte Murray package, which is like two completely unprotected picks from a team that's like, it's further enough, further enough out. And that was reported. I forget who reported that today. Somebody reported that today or yesterday about that's what they're looking for. Um, the DeJounte Murray package, like two unprotected picks and unprotected swap, another protected pick if they look around and they're like, man, that that's not going to be out there because he's going to be unrestricted. He's not going to extend. He's not, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely like going to plug in as like a third guy. He doesn't really operate with the ball. He's, he's a, he's really more of a three and D wing. Like if they look around and they see that and they're like, let's just try to get the best asset that we can, like the best single asset that we can. I wonder if the Knicks decided to put their own, unprotected first this year on the table, how much would that move the needle? And it would take Toronto, I think, having some, some belief that maybe even if they made, like if if the Knicks acquired OG, that maybe the Knicks somehow could still like fall out or like lose two in the play-in or whatever. And like, you know, so like worst case scenario, you end up with the 10th, 11th, 12th pick on the draft. Best case, maybe you get supremely lucky. Now, would the Knicks do that? Would they send that pick out without like top one protection? I don't know. But that's the only the reason I say that comes to mind is because like the Knicks are not going to pay the price that it would take to get an OG Ananobi at this at this deadline if it meant like really cleaning their cupboard dry. But if there was like a singular asset that they put in the deal where the Toronto felt good enough about and that like the Knicks felt comfortable enough giving up for, you know, whatever their reasons, then like maybe that I, I I don't see it. I don't see it. As far as Gary Trent Jr., that's a guy like you know, maybe you get him for a protected first and like Fournier's contract or Rose's contract and like a young player. Not quickly your Grimes. So, so Obi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's far more likely. Dan Hidalgo, 10 shots by Grimes doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I mean, he shoots it every time the ball ends up in his hands. And it feels like whenever he's open, he gets the ball. I mean, teams are really honoring him. Now, could they make more of an effort to find him? Absolutely. Could you run more stuff to try to get him open looks? Yeah, sure. It's, I'm sure it's possible. i sure they think about this stuff. I'm sure they talk about that, but that's a fair comment. Appreciate that, Dan. Uh, Robert Cross with the first one. First time, long time, John. Feels like the Knicks need more gas in the tank. What do you want to trade for? Who do you want to trade for and why? Hashtag 53 wins. You always put me on the spot, Robert. You're always making me squirm. In my other otherwise comfortable seat, um, I can't answer that question because I don't know the cost. Like, if they could get Eric Gordon for anything less, like for for two second round picks, you know, and whether it's Rose's salary or you know, especially Fournier's salary, like, great. If I like Eric Gordon a lot, I think Eric Gordon would help this team. Um if I have to give up a protected first for Eric Gordon, do I suddenly want Eric Gordon more or less than, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a guy who's not going to cost you like a protected first, like all of these, like that. everybody know, like here's the problem. Everybody in the freaking league knows a few things. One, they know the Knicks have no bench right now. Two, they know the Knicks are dying to win fucking basketball games and get that seed. Three, They know the Knicks just sent out a first-round pick to get back all of these protected picks that they then did dick with in the Donovan Mitchell trade talks because Utah was like, eh, we don't want those. And they're just sitting on them. Not necessarily that they're burning a hole in their pocket, but they're just sitting here. You just traded for them because you thought it was going to be a difference. Like anybody who has a team or a player that's going to make an actual difference on your roster guess what they're going to do? They're going to hold out for one of those protected first round picks. I don't know. Do you make, do you make the the trade with the team who's willing to accept two seconds? Whoever that player may be, even if that player like may not do much. That's why I I keep coming back to it. The suggestion today to bring back Reggie Bullock from Dallas. Now, as Benji said, is Reggie Bullock going to solve all your issues? No, he's not, but it'll help. He's a guy who can play 20 minutes for you and, and, Give you a commensurate two-way play. Um, so that's probably my default answer right now because I know at least the cost. Reggie Bullock ain't costing you no f- protective first round pick. Thanks, Robert. Kevin Denishevsky, what's going on, Kev? I think the guy I want to trade for is Gary Trent Jr. If the Raps are selling him. We need someone who could hit a big three. Six threes is not going to cut it in the modern NBA. Did they get six? I thought they got five. I must have forgotten one. That's my bad. I'm sorry about that. Um So Gary Trent Jr can hit threes, Gary Trent Jr can defend his position. Um, you know, put the ball on, on the floor occasionally. Gary Trent Jr is also going to make a lot of money this summer. A lot of money. So I don't know what the Knicks have planned. Um I took another look at the cap sheet today moving forward. Unless there is a significant move over the next year and a half, like that would, inv- like I, it's not even that. Cause if they like make a significant, if they make like a star trade or something, like I <laughs> barring a really big trade, even, Going into 2024, as they are right now, in which they're slated to have a lot of cap space, they're not slated to have max cap space. So, like, I don't know what they want. Is there a player or players they have their eye on in 2024 that they feel like they could get for less than the max? Do they feel like they can, because they're going to have so much room, you know, having all that extra room makes the salary matching a lot easier so they could, you know, they'll be able to swing. I don't know, RJ, for someone in a sign-in trade. Like I, you, we can have all these sorts of conversations. Like I don't know. The point is, if you trade for Gary Trent Jr. on an expiring contract, you're going to have to give up real stuff to get him from Toronto. You're not going to trade for him so he can walk, so you're going to re-sign him. What is it going to take to re-sign Gary Trent Jr.? I think it's going to take about twenty million dollars a year, and you ain't getting them for two for a year or two years. You're going to have to invest like three, four years. Um, is that something they want to do? I don't. Again, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are moving forward. Forward, would he help this team? Absolutely. What's the cost? I don't know. Thanks, Kev. I like that, we're talking trades. I like that we don't talk about this fucking game. Dan with another one uh, where Randall's play goes, the team's success follows it's not a coincidence that they've been on this run and, um, Oh, they ended up hitting seven threes. Oh, Jesus. I'm off. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for reminding me of that. Um, yeah, it's not a coincidence that once Randall's offense really took off that the team, like that's the thing is like, I'm not saying we took it for granted, but like for the last month and a half, Julius Randle is just like taking these shots and he's just, he's just he's making everything. Like, there's really very, there's like the, uh, the it's the, a bad Randle shot. Like, what has a bad Randle shot been over the last month and a half? Cause it's just, and, and really you could almost extend it more to towards the beginning of the season because he's been really good for a long time now. He's in a bit of a drought now. His last six or seven or eight games, whatever it is. Um, with the 140 point explosion mixed in. Hashtag uh, or shout out to Forgotten NYC for pointing out his stats um, during the playback. Yeah. Um, they need him. Unless they're going to get big time stuff from RJ and like, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Save for one second a half a couple of nights ago. Juanon, what's going on, Juanon? Salute. The positive is that this is the last game without Reggie Bullock. We all know GMAC predictions are a lock. Yeah, GMAC is never wrong. I'm not sweating this, but it shows we really need help off the bench and fast. Yeah, it, um again, I'm not sweating it either, but like remember these words if the next couple of weeks don't go well. And, like there is a world where they could play well moving forward, especially if they don't have Mitch, and this thing gets dicey, like what you don't want to see is a panic trade, you know, you don't want to see that um yeah, let's hope we keep this same energy, <laughs> Robert Cross with another one. It's your boy, John. <laughs> is it fair and reasonable to say? That Obi is a lost cause on this team. Oh my goodness. If so, who's to blame here? Hashtag 53 wins. Do we start the countdown clock on when hashtag 53 wins has to go go bye bye? I think we're getting close. Um who's a, who's to blame? Um I'll go with third to third a third. Front office, Tibbs, Obi. Um, and if anybody gets a little bit more, it's the front office because, or, I mean, if you look, a player is going to be what a player is going to be. And like, OB just, he, he needs to be better. He, he hasn't been very good since he's come back from injury and like, he was really good earlier in the season. And then right before he got hurt, he wasn't so good. So more and more, you're getting a sample size where it's like closer to half the season that Obi hasn't been great. You know, that's unfortunate. So like he has to own that. There's just no two ways about it. As far as like Tibbs versus the front office, you know, like, yes, Tibbs is stringent. He wants to play two centers, limits Obi's minutes, the whole thing. Like, you want to say play style, even with the personnel he has in there, that's fine. But like the the front office hired this coach and has retained this coach knowing full well this coach has the tendencies that he has and that's how he gets wins. And one of those tendencies is we're going to get 48 minutes of rim protection unless we're really freaking desperate. And they got desperate tonight. And you know what happened when they got desperate tonight? You know who wasn't in the game when they went small? Obi Toppin. That tells you that that speaks, my, speaks miles. Speaks volumes about where Obi Toppin is right now. That they went small and Obi, and Tibbs didn't put him in. And by the way, nor should he have. Because if you're going to go small right now, you're going to go small with the guys you went small with. Quickly, Grimes, Brunson, RJ, Randall. Wombler. What's going on, Wombler? Horrible defense and attention to detail. Yeah, I think it happens when you're tired. Worst loss at some time. Um, I guess it depends on how what your definition of bad loss is. But that's, if you want to say that, that's fair. RJ and Julius Randle, weak defense were the biggest standouts to me. What is with these home efforts? Again, tonight, I'm more inclined to say that they are a tired team, which is indicative of some larger issues. Um, I don't feel like their efforts at home have been poor, not in a very long time. I think the efforts have been there. I think if you look at the home losses that they've had, it's much more about what happens at the end of the games than about how they start the game. This is the first game I think since the Andrew, jump in and let me know if I'm wrong. I think this is the first game since the Dallas game. And even the Dallas
3: game, they came out with a decent effort in the Dallas game. This was the first like this comment said start to finish. I guess not this comment, but there was one that mentioned that like start to finish this was doing yeah. from the start this is the we were saying it on playback this is one of the worst first quarters we've seen in a long time which Horrible. then speaks to what you're saying and what we kind of landed on a theme for the night this is an exhausted basketball team yeah you know which yeah, it's, is it's very clear it's why they need to upgrade so yeah. we'll see thanks Wombler. appreciate it
1: um, but ag- agree bad defense bad attention defense